It is good to be here. Uh, this is home, home church for me. Most Sundays I end up in different churches. And on the Sundays I end up somewhere else, they always ask, where's Julie? Because they're more interested in Julie than having me. It's always been that way. And I say, my wife and kids are at our church, which is here. So I want to just take a personal liberty to thank you for being a safe place for my family. I grew up in Southern California. Very early in my family's life, in my life, they taught us a word, obedience. Pretty quickly I began to learn what obedience meant as a follower of Christ because it was being modeled by my parents. Any time in my local church a missionary would come after the service, it would be my parents and sometimes the pastor that would take them out to lunch. If they needed a place to stay, it was always at our house. My dad worked the graveyard shift. It would have been the spring of 76. And he received a phone call early that morning from a gentleman in the Church of the Nazarene by the name of Gerald Johnson, who oversaw all of world missions. And his conversation with my dad was something along the lines of, have I got an opportunity for you? My parents had been asked to uproot our family of four and move from the Southern California culture to Quito, Ecuador. My parents were asked to run a dormitory for Nazarene missionary kids at a missionary boarding school in Quito. They were the first Nazarenes to go in, first Nazarene adults to, to be in Quito where now we have regional headquarters and a seminary and all of that. Just a few months later, we were on a plane and we landed in Quito. I was a fourth grader. I hear this foreign language. I have no idea what I'm hearing. My parents have no idea what's being said. They didn't know the language, but they were going to be responsible for about 14 kids. Alabaster money from local churches like here was used to build rooms in this house. We were there for about two years and moved back. All the time I'm learning what it means to be obedient. My dad had always prayed, Lord, we'll go anywhere. Then it was always, but please don't make it Ecuador. And yet that's in God's sense of humor where we ended up. And we moved back. About a year after we were home, I was riding my bike in the neighborhood when I was cornered by a gang. I still remember the press of the cold knife against my throat. There were three of them. I only remember the one with the knife. I don't remember the other two. They wanted my bike. I was 12. I was a smart aleck. I said, no, make me. <laughs> About that time, Jeff came around the corner of our neighborhood. Jeff was this six foot nine guy that was a professional basketball player that lived in our house because my parents' house was just always open. And Jeff was a global missionary, played basketball around the world, but for a season was in the States and he lived in our house and I was never so glad to see Jeff. 
There's something about a six foot nine guy coming around the corner that scares little guys with knives. They took off. I learned from my parents after that what it meant to pray for those who persecute you, love your enemies. Didn't happen immediately, I was 12. Periodically, I would see the knife-wielding young man, teen, at local parks. Initially, though praying and knowing I'm supposed to love, I would run away. Eventually, I got to the point where this young guy, I would see him in the park, and I could see he was using things that would make him quite high. I realized at that point I didn't really need to run, I could just ignore. Over a period of time, eventually it became a simple wave. Then it became a smile. See, small decisions can end up yielding results. It finally became a hi, a smile, a wave. It was about 10 years after the knife I was a student at Point Loma Nazarene University. My parents called because that knife-wielding young man had just knocked on their door to apologize and announce he had come to know Jesus and was studying for ministry. I'm convinced that sometimes, maybe many times, Small decisions, a wave, a high, a smile, might take years to produce fruit. But those small decisions we make on a daily basis lead us into a long obedience in the way of Christ. They lead us in the same direction that Christ is leading, but it takes making those small decisions on a daily basis. Those small habits those small choices. Maybe it's a choice, I'm gonna start reading my Bible on a daily basis. I'm going to pray at a certain time. I'm going to discipline myself to journal. Some of those disciplines, those small choices put us into the path of Christ. My text this morning is the same text that Pastor Rob used to introduce me, Acts 1.8. We didn't talk about that. Jesus says to his disciples, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Christ calls us, be my witnesses. I just want to briefly touch on those three words, be my witnesses, be. Notice it doesn't say do good things, do the right thing, believe the right thing. It says be. That's a way of life. It's a way that we live that all of our life is oriented around the central figure, Jesus Christ. All of our life is reprioritized around the life, death, resurrection, ascension, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That means every decision we make, every amount of money we spend, everything about our lives should be oriented in the way of Christ. We must be in that way. It's not simply a matter of behavior. It's a matter of my whole self is so completely surrendered to him that I am being him in this world. Then it says my. 
Why is this term of belong? When we are his, we belong to a particular person, Jesus. There's nothing to the right, nothing to the left. It's being like Jesus. That's where it might be acting. But it's these small choices that lead us into this path so that we belong to Jesus and we become like Jesus. And if my being in this world is not becoming more like Jesus, then I am likely on the wrong path. If my being in this world is not becoming more like Jesus, then I am likely making those decisions that are taking me on the wrong path to becoming like Jesus. And what our world desperately needs today is not more people who can tell you what you're doing wrong, but more people who are making those daily small choices to be Christ's, to become like Christ in this world. Why? Because we are his witnesses. We point to Jesus. We point to the reality of Jesus' rule and reign today. We point to the possibility of a new creation. That new creation is the power of Christ through us and the Spirit is let loose in the world. That power remakes what was broken. That power heals what is diseased. That power restores what is lost. We witness to the work of Christ in us, but to the work of Christ around us. We participate and are part of God's mission to the world. Becoming more and more like Jesus for the sake of the world. Sally was 18, pregnant with a two-year-old. She had just aged out of the foster system She had been in 10 different placements. She could read at a sixth grade level. Her math skills were limited to basic multiplication. And she came to that Nazarene ministry for diapers, for some other clothes. And her hope upon hope was maybe they would have a a safe crib for her two-year-old and another one for her soon-to-be-born son. What she found along with that was a family. She started to get to know people from the local Nazarene church. Some of the older became surrogate grandparents. Some of the folks rallied around as she began to turn her life around. They helped with sweat equity and building a Habitat for Humanity home. Other Nazarenes began to tutor her in math and in reading. That congregation was with her in some ups and some downs. They celebrated with her when she dedicated at an altar her two children, her little girl and her infant son. The little girl being held by the surrogate grandparents from the church. They just came alongside and did life with her They made small choices that put them in the path of a long obedience in the same direction of becoming like Jesus. She experienced a people who were his witnesses. She went through an ugly marriage that ended up with the husband being incarcerated and divorced. 
additional children. But the church never gave up on just loving her. They didn't judge her on her choices. They simply came alongside and loved her in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. She studied and became a student at Mott. She got a degree in nursing while working two jobs. And then went to U of M Flint to get her bachelor's degree in nursing. Today, Sally lives in Texas where she's an RN. The little two-year-old girl is a freshman in college today studying mechanical engineering and a cheerleader at University of Michigan Ann Arbor. Little decisions, little decisions, 18 years later, producing fruit. What are the little decisions you're making today? Pastor Rich and Pastor Missy felt God tugging on their heart to go to Bad Axe, a church of four people. They went up to Bad Axe community to tour around and see what was there and spend time praying. They went into a restaurant and hit it off with the waitress. Just had good conversation with her. Long conversation that ended up in the restaurant closing with them still there. And she remembered them when they came back and said, we're the new pastors. In part, she remembered because they gave a generous tip, I'm sure, because they're Nazarenes. The church began under Rich and Missy, started a barbecue ministry. They, they literally bought a tow-behind smoker and a tow-behind food truck trailer. And now they travel around their county and other counties to festivals and feasts, and they do barbecue and just serve the community. The waitress has engaged multiple times. Rich and Missy will go there. They'll ask for her. They'll have conversations with her. Now her sister is interested in what they're doing. The original waitress, her husband is now started to ask questions about Jesus and questions about scripture. And they're meeting in Bible studies. They've not yet come to know Christ, but they're moving that direction. They're making those small choices and responding to Christ in those small choices that they are moving that way. In fact, the waitress, she schedules her day off in order to serve alongside pastors Rich and Missy when they serve at these feasts and festivals. She's already orienting her life around being a witness. She's not even yet following Christ. See, small decisions, small decisions put us into the path of becoming more and more like Christ because if our being in this world is not becoming more like Jesus, then we are likely on the wrong path. You will be my witnesses. We have a church that holds a community meal. They call it dinner church. It's for anyone needing food. They just open up and they cook and people come. We have a church that opens its doors so that the lower level of their church can be a place where the homeless stay and eat. We have several churches that partner with a homeless shelter on the southern side of our district. Another church that opens its doors and invites Muslim community in so they can have a meal together 
They can talk to each other and listen to each other and learn from each other. And several people of that Muslim group are starting to make very small choices, but they are moving toward Christ. We exist to be his witnesses. And when we witness well, when our being in this world is becoming more like Jesus, people will begin to make those small choices that put them into the path of a long obedience to becoming like Jesus. You will be my witnesses. One of the young men, young pastors on our district grew up here, Matt Sulia, who God birthed in him a vision for the city of Flint, and now he has a garage. But the garage is not simply a place where cars are fixed. It's literally a place to teach and help people get out of poverty or break cycles of addiction. And now they're beginning to look at how can we work and collaborate to address housing issues. They're working with several congregations, including this one, to relocate refugees from Pakistan and Afghanistan. You will be my witnesses. Small decisions made a long time ago producing fruit today. I want you to imagine with me, if you would, a Ukrainian family who fears losing everything. They desperately want out of Ukraine because they fear everything. They pick up the phone and they call a Nazarene missionary named Chad. Chad, his wife Crystal, can you please help us get out of Ukraine? Chad and Crystal had moved to Ukraine. And then about a week and a half before the war happened, they were evacuated. But they were responsible for bringing Ukrainians out of the country however they could. Can you imagine the heartache of that Ukrainian family and the hope they were placing on Chad? See, Chad and Crystal, who had pastored on our district in Howell, they have an amazing story, an amazing ministry there. But you have a particular part in the story. See, it was about 14 years ago, I was on staff here. In conversations with the rest of the staff and the board, the decision was made that part of my staff responsibilities would move from teaching Wednesday night for us and instead teaching classes during the week for anybody on the district who was interested in pursuing ministry. So every two, once a week, either Tuesday or Thursday night and about 12 Sundays of the year, we would teach what is called a course of study from the Church of the Nazarene to help folks who wanted to become ministers. One of the very first people who took those classes was Chad. Your decision as a congregation to say, we want to be a teaching church that goes beyond here, but to teaching pastors how to be pastors. Chad went through the whole program. About six years ago, he knelt up here at an altar and was ordained as an elder in the Church of the Nazarene, in large part because of small decisions you made with the way money was given, the way money was used, and the way prayers were happening. Small decisions yielding fruit years later. What's interesting about Chad now 
is they've been relocated again in about the last month to Armenia, working with pastors around the nation, some of whom took that very first class. God has a unique way in the liturgy of his abundance to take those small decisions we make and multiply them time and time and time again. You will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So I want you to imagine with me, or maybe better now, reimagine with me. In the near future, you will have a park, Central Park, a gift of neighboring to the neighborhood. Imagine with me a Sally-like person. She steps onto the park. She's a young, unwed teenage mom, pregnant. What do you do? Shame on you for making a choice. The Bible says, or do you smile? Put your arm around. Say, how can I help? How can I love? How can I care? Because we remain absolutely confident if we make the small choices, the small decisions that put us on the path of becoming like Christ, and we come alongside, they will get to the point of knowing Christ. It may not be that instant. It may be 10, 15, 20 years from now. But we can remain confident if we come alongside and we love without strings attached. They too can know Christ and become like Christ. Can you reimagine life that way? When you give in a local congregation, give with the mission in mind. And that mission is that people will come to know Christ and become like Christ for the sake of the world. Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your life. Thank you for pouring out. As we come alongside folks, the trajectories of their lives will change because we are generous with our time, our talent, our resources, and we're becoming more and more like you every day. Help us to be faithful in the small so that we can become more and more like you. Amen.